Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, well, thanks for joining us for another edition of American Potential. Had a great trip here in McAllen, Texas. If you ever get a chance, come to McAllen. Uh, very hospitable, friendly people, of course, but really impacting uh in this community, this border crisis. And uh, we obviously got to visit with the Border Patrol folks, uh, which was great, got to view the wall. Uh, but we were able to go to the Hidalgo County Water Control and Improvement District number three. And that was, to me, kind of the highlight of the trip uh, to, to kind of learn more about this. And I, as I left there, I thought to myself, if I were a rancher, and I was so impacted by this. What, what would that all mean? I mean, the private property rights issues of this, this tragedy are enormous. And I'm joined right now by Othel Brand Jr., Othel Brand Jr., who is the president of the Hidalgo County Water Control and Improvement District Number three, Othel, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So thanks for host, hosting the group yesterday. That was awesome. Um, Man, there's just so much to get to. Uh, I, I guess let me ask you first, how has this, your, your father was the mayor of McAllen, right? For 20 years, yes. 20 years. So you've lived here your, your whole life. Mm, pretty much my whole life. Moved here when yeah. I was two. And you, were, you all were farmers, is that right? Yes. So tell me how you've seen this community change over that time. Well, on, you know, people... Uh, People here from all over the place, yes, it's safe. No, it's not. And so I made a, made a distinction with you all yesterday that there's no confusion about that. If you live inside a city where there is patrolling officers um, and someone within five minutes of you, you're, you, know, you've, you've have, you have more of a sense of safety than you do. It's those that live outside the city that have to rely on a sheriff's department that is undermanned uh, 45 minutes an hour or more before they can get to you. And then you're out in the country. And that is where the biggest danger has been to those ranchers, farmers that live. You know, my growing up, um, you were safe pretty much anywhere. I mean, you had, you had crime, but not to the level we see now. And we used to play on the river. We used to swim in the river. We used to camp out on the river. People had cabins, people had uh, uh, trailers, people swung off swings, some in the water, skied, boated. All that's gone. It's gone. Can't do any of that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, those things are gone. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's some of the numbers that I, I shared with you all yesterday about, you know, the number of, of, uh, of uh, illegals that are coming. I don't call them immigrants. They're illegals. I'm sorry. They're illegals. They've broken our law. Uh, we try to fix it when they get here and make them legal. Mm -hmm. Right. Is what we do. Right. Is what our government's doing. But uh, um, it's the numbers that impact, are impacting us. Ha half of the illegals coming across in the United States are coming across in the valley. Um, I told the Border Patrol the other day, 128,000 a month for the last 28 months. Wow. And half of those are coming here. That's 60,000. That's 2,000 a day. Um. And, and so, you know, the, the, the changes now versus then, you, you're much more uh, on your guard, mm -hmm. much more. 
Right. I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah. But a lot of my friends that live down in the country no longer, they've had to move into the city and buy a home because they can no longer live on, the, on their ranch mm-hmm. or can live out on their farm. Uh, we used to have a farm, farm on, some, on our farms growing up, we used to have a little community with a church and a grocery store on the farm, hmm. on the river. Right. Those are all gone. You can't do that anymore. People who used to own farms and lived on their farms, they're not doing that anymore. They can't. They got, and they, they, have, they have moved into the cities where it's, it's safer, uh, where you have a police force. Uh, McAllen's got 47. Last time I, I checked, it's been several years ago. I know it's a little higher now. Let's say just around 50 patrolling officers per shift. Um, that's what the county has. At the time I, I, I approached both of them, the county had the same number. Hmm. And McAllen was carrying, covering 45, uh, 45 square miles, and the county's covering 1,387 square miles. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it, you know, where there is no law, there's lawlessness. That's just an old saying. Oh, it's very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So uh, one of the great misconceptions I think most people have is that the, the wall, the border wall, is literally on the border, right? And I mean, you laugh because you live down All here, right. but most Americans really do believe that it's like literally right on, like, there's Mexico, here's the United States. That's not the case. And exp- maybe you can explain your facility and, and how the wall kind of is situated on, your, on the property there. Well, and uh, you're, you're taxing my memory a little bit, but I think it's <laughs> been uh, 12 years or longer since the first wall was ever put up, which was put up in the valley. Right. Under, I think it was under Bush. And um, they really didn't ask permission because, and, <laughs> and, and you'll understand why, uh, the Rio Grande River floods. I mean, I've lived through several floods and hurricanes in, my, time, in my, my lifetime here. And so the federal government came back in the 40s and put up a, a what they call a control levy to, get, to hold the river within bound, its bounds uh, from Brownsville all, across the whole valley, mm-hmm. all the way up to the northern end of the valley. Right. And so it was, there was a federal government had a, a lease or owned all that land. They had the right to put that levy there. Well, they just came in and says, we're going to build it on the levy. <laughs> and so that's how, that's how they got started because it was the easiest way to route to take. Sure. Uh, but that, that levy was not on the river. <laughs> right. You know, it's inland. Sure. To any number of feet. Right. But uh, ours is about, <clears throat> we had a levy going through the middle of our 45 acres, and so we were about maybe 800 off, feet off the river, maybe mm-hmm. more. Right. Um, and so when they came to us and the water district says we want to put a, a wall up, well, of course, that's the first time any of us had ever considered that in our lives, and that's never been a consideration. And so there was some, there was some reservation, some hesitation. Um, but I will tell you, they, they enticed us because what, they did, what the government did, which I thought was real—, real uh, it, it, you know, it, it served a great purpose as well. As they says, look, uh, not only are we going to build the wall, but we're going to take it and we're going to raise it four to six feet for additional protection for the flood. Uh-huh. Well, man, that was it. We were done. It says, go for it. Sure. You know, for us, that, that was a bigger concern for us at the time than immigration was, uh-huh. although immigration was becoming a bigger issue. Um, we just like to say we live in a gated community now. <laughs> yes, and you do. <laughs> we, we live in a gated community. Right. And uh, uh, so that's how, you know, now they're into having to get into private land right. and, and, and through a minute domain, which right. is, has been more challenging for them. So, so your 
facility for the listeners is at least partially like the buildings and a lot of the facility is is below the wall below the wall between the river and the and the wall some right. people call it the DMZ zone some call it the <laughs> no man's land uh you know it, it is is uh it is what it is. I mean, you know, a lot of people think when they go through the wall at our place, they're in Mexico. Right. And they're not. Right. They're right. Not. So uh, what struck me there yesterday was one, the infrastructure that, that this entity that your water district has put into place. Right. Because it, I mean, you're great help i think to the to the border patrol i'm sure they love you because you're helping them do their job you put in a boat ramp you put in a place for helicopter to land if they needed it all at your expense all at the water district's expense right right and uh so they when we were there yesterday i think there were three trailers uh, border patrol trailers there you let them launch from that from that boat ramp uh, but I was also struck by some of the other things that you've had to do. And I guess I'll let you kind of describe those, the, the grate that you had to put in. So maybe start with that and, and let's talk about some other things. Well, um, we had a lot of what, what we call splashdowns. I don't have many of those anymore, but several years ago, they had what we call splashdowns. And what it, where it was, is it was a cartel who was either, it's always drugs. It was never people. Um, They'd load up a, a car on the U.S. side with drugs, go on to get on the, <clears throat> on the road and get detected by law enforcement and turn around and come back to the river. And they would come over our levee and, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour. And they would literally drive off the embankment as fast as they could to hit the middle of the water. And when they hit that water, a whole army of ants, would, people would come out and swim to it, pull the drugs out, and the people and go back to Mexico. Wow. And then we call it all the splashdowns. So we had many of those. The last time, last time EPA, EPA requires Border Patrol to clean those cars out of the river so often. The last time they came to our place, they pulled five cars out uh, of a, in front of our, our property uh, in the water. And so what we decided, it, it was, and it wasn't safe. It wasn't safe for my men. And so we bought some old used Jersey barriers, uh, like in the middle of the expressway. Sure. And we put them along the embankment to stop that traffic from coming through, which it did. It stopped that traffic. And uh, we, we put up lights thinking that if, if you split up, you know, crime doesn't occur. Well, it just helped them better to see at night when they were traveling. <laughs> okay. You know, but, but uh, we put up towers, we put up cameras, gave Border Patrol access to those, those cameras. Uh, they since have put in some of their own. Um, we put in uh, a, a water trough for their horses. Uh, we li at nighttime when we leave our warehouse <clears throat> or leave our, our, our shop in our, our area, we always leave the air compressor and the water on and leave it hoses outside for them to use for their cars or four-wheelers or horses, whatever. We've tried, when we start having all this traffic, what was threatening to my, my people, that, uh, having been shot at it twice, uh, realized later it wasn't to hurt them, it was just to scare them off. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless... You know, it, it jeopardizes the safety of the workplace. And so we were trying to figure out ways to partner with Border Patrol because when we checked into security guards, well, you're $25, $35 or more an hour. And we, man, it was an astronomical amount of money if you're going to have somebody there 24 7. Uh, uh, 24/7. And so we says, well, we need to partner with Border Patrol and see if we can do something that mutually benefits both of us. And so what we've tried to do is make it as usable, usable, user-friendly as we can. If they just show up for 15 or 20 minutes at a time, it, 
it shuts traffic down for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. So if they can come and just visit our place a couple of times, well, great. Do we help them? Well, they don't have to go back to their station to do things. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we put in locker rooms and showers for them in our, in our existing office down there and gave them the combination that says, whenever you need it, use it. Yeah. Uh, everything we could think of. Right. So, so I'm fascinated by the fact that people would do this. So as I understand it, these are people that drugs that were brought over, police detected them or border patrol protected them. They started to run and they knew that there's that place where they can haul Launch. off. And this is how high is this levee so that people understand <laughs> what you're talking about? It well, sounds like they're just kind of driving into the no, river. No, no they're no, not. <laughs> no, the, we're, we're on the outside curve of the river, which is usually a cliff. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're about 20 to 25 feet off the water. And they would literally just launch the as car. As fast as they could. As fast as they could and get out in the middle of the river, as, which is Mexico. Well, when you the, get on the other yeah, side, Yeah, right? the boundary line's in the middle, right? Right. You know, so they could get over there. And then people from Mexico are waiting for them, scurrying out and grabbing the drugs. Yeah, they would, they would call them on their, on their mobile phones to tell them, hey, we've been detected. We're going to go down at, at uh, Water District Number Three's property, <laughs> get a bunch of guys out there, and here we go. That's just incredible. And then the car would just float sink. down or sink just or sink. whatever. Yeah, that's just amazing. I, I can't <laughs> believe that 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 this is the country that we live in. Okay, and then you had a great put on to stop bodies from going into your pumps. Since I've been there, we've had almost a dozen. Uh, bodies in fact that's what led us to building the boat ramp because we realized when there were bodies found in the river border patrol had they had to literally pull them up the embankment i said well don't you have a boat to put in and they said we don't have any place to launch we do not have a place we can launch boats mm-hmm. now on 13 miles of the river i said this is a federal government right <laughs> i said you know uh, a boat in the water is and in my in my humble opinion, it is the best option because you catch. That's where they're the most vulnerable. You know, it's not when they get the land; it's when they're in the water. That's when you catch them. Mm-hmm. That's the best place to catch them. And uh, so, we built the boat ramp. Uh, they start pulling. You know, they. You know, just the nature of where we are. There's bodies that show up in the river. Um, but we had one in to get come get into our channel and undetected and caused us a bunch of grief with our pumps. So we ended up having to put a, a grill or a, a screen or whatever you want to call it in the channel coming off the river, going to our pump station in order to keep that from happening. That's amazing. And y- you said yesterday that none of those people drown. None of them. They were killed, shot? They were stabbed, shot, or beheaded. Wow. So that's the violence that, 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 that is happening right the, now, and, right? And, absolutely. And you, you hope that that will, I, it's, it's a, 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 maybe a bad thing to say, but you, you're hoping that all that occurred on the other side and then just, you know, it wasn't, on, on our, and it wasn't here in the United States. Sure, yeah. But, you, but it's still in your neighborhood. Sure. It's still in your neighborhood. Yeah. The cartels either own the property or have access to the property on the other side. They've, they've. Uh, they don't. They don't need access to the cartel. I mean, they don't need. They don't need the ownership of anything. Uh, they literally will. They have a pretty much free carte blanche on the on the Mexican side. There's trails you can. We literally were looking at trails on the other side coming down to the water. How many people a day? Is it's a daily occurrence that people? Yes. Yes. 
for this for this for this sector, Rio Grande sector, uh, it's well over a thousand, fifteen hundred or more mm -hmm. a day, as high as two thousand a day. How often do you have them on your property? Um, daily, daily, daily. Uh, you know, um, and most of them are uh, non-confrontational. Sure. We've had a few that came across that were confrontational, and my people were very good. They just stay, you know, would stand down and be calm and until the situation passed. Um, but yeah, daily. Yeah, man, it's just for most Americans, this, this it, is, it, they it, don't understand. They this. do not comprehend, right. but understand that as this continues, it will come to their neighborhood. Sure, it will come to their neighborhood. Sure. Um, they need to understand that. That's why we, we loved having the group that was there yesterday. Just so people understand, we don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, or independent. We don't care. What we want to know are you an American? Right. And is this good? Right. Is this good for us? No, it's not. Right. Uh, and and that, that's all of the emphasis of it. Yeah. You also talked about how your staff are, are armed now, for well, the we, most part. We've had them threatened. Uh, like I said, we, they've been shot at. Uh, over the years, and so I've told them. I, I say, guys, I, I, I'm your employer. I can, you know, I can make sure the forklift's certified and it's safe and working, and no one get hurt. And I make sure that all those things that OSHA would require, labor laws would require, we've done. But this one, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything with this one. Mm -hmm. So I said, if so, if you feel like you're personally being personally threatened, physically threatened, you carry a gun. Right. You carry a gun. Now, after I told him that, a couple of days later, I started rethinking that, and I thought, call him back and I says, guys, since we are a government agency, we probably ought to be certified. So uh, at the time, we had we had to conceal handgun carry in Texas, and so um, got them all certified. Had a family living down there, had a, the wife uh, and all the kids certified as well. Hmm. So if they had to defend themselves, somebody came in the house, they'd be fine, right? Because they were living there on the farm, which I we we've always had. Uh, Someone living on the uh, on the farm. I, I said I said that wrong. The, the pump station. We've always had somebody. For, that, that pump station is a hundred years old. It has ha always had someone living there or groups of people living there, up until the last fifteen years. I can't find anybody to live down there anymore, because I've even often I even offered border patrol on. They have a bulletin board where they just post stuff. Right. And I said, in, in their in their, their 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 station, I said, just put up there. There's there's free, there's free there's free room. No rent. And see if one of your new officers likes to come stay. No takers. No takers from Border Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to get just the average citizen to uh, show that, up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to get the right. average citizen. You right. know, I'm. I'm you know, that would be kind of a setup on my part. And even, even if I told them it wasn't safe and sure. they said it anyway, I said, nah. But no, I couldn't even get a Border Patrol agent to take up the offer. Yeah, that's, that's just amazing. How about the environment? We didn't really talk about this yesterday, but the environmental aspect of this must be huge, too. I saw across the way just kind of trash. I, I saw a little bit over on, on your side. I mean, is that is that part of this too? No, well, you know, to, it's minimal. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of rafts, right? You know, you, you see a lot of those, and uh, we collect them. Uh, usually, they've been uh, if border patrol catches them. They just they just destroy them so mm -hmm. they can't be reused. Uh, we've gotten free uh, aluminum boats out of it. 
<laughs> and I would found just a sure. deserted on our yeah. embankments. Right. Um, but environmentally, you know, other than the cars going to be in the river and the rafts, you know, it's the first time anybody had asked me that. Hmm. I don't know that I could really say to yeah. envi- from an environmental standpoint what the impact would be other, other right. than that. Other right. Than that. Um, you know, as I look at this, it's a really complex problem because, I mean, you do have to have, a, you know, we were at Catholic <laughs> Charities yesterday and any parent looks at those kids and, it, you know, it's just, it, it, they're, they're, they're kids and it's hard to see that and, and not have concern for them. But the way I look at it as our government is creating this problem. Absolutely. Right. And Absolutely. so like, I was really struck by the fact that the government created the problem, but it's Catholic charities, a private entity, right, a 501c3, that's actually dealing with the impacts of it, because the government's nowhere to be found when it comes to that. Your thoughts? And all family, all all the Catholic charities can do is give them an overnight spot and telephones to call to whoever it is they're going to be with in the side and help them to the bus station where it is and or, or uh, airport or whatever, all they really can do is facilitate their continued journey. Mm-hmm. They, 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 and feed them, if they feed them one meal maybe that evening <clears throat> or the, a couple, two or three meals while they're there for a couple of days. And uh, the, uh, the city of McAllen turns their head to it because they don't meet uh, city ordinances, mm-hmm. but they understand the problem as well. Right, and so they're they're willing to bend that, and I understand that. Um, but really, all they do is they facilitate the continued journey, mm-hmm. and and give them a, an overnight or an, an intermediate stop once they come across and and have nowhere to go. Right, right. How do we solve? How how do what is the solution to this problem? <laughs> come on, Ethel, you can you got it figured out. I know you have it more figured out than the current administration does. Well, that's for no, sure. I do. I can <laughs> tell you that. I, 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 do, I do. That wouldn't be hard to do for anybody, though. No, right now. it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Well, you know, I I remember uh, and toward the end of Obama's administration, right toward the end, I read an article where he he had suggested, or his administration had suggested that we, safe, we set up safe havens in all these countries where they can go to a safe haven in their country and work through the embassy, uh, American embassy in that country. I can tell you that, I, I, I thought that was a great start. That was better than where we were. Sure. And it would certainly cost us less as taxpayers to try to facilitate that mm-hmm. than what we're doing right now. Right, right. Um, but I will tell you for that, you know, as I was growing up, we used to go on mission trips all the time to Central America, Mexico. And the, the really, if you want to help these people, which, by the way, we are not the saviors of the world. I introduce you to them, but that, we're not. We are not a bottom, bottomless pit. And if we continue going on the path, we'll find out that. We'll find that out. Mm-hmm. But um, we used to go and help them where they were. We have... And I will tell you what, um, my family worked in Central America, Mexico for over half a century. And the impact that we could have on uh, daily lives of people living in those countries for the amount of what it cost us was huge. Things that you and I would take for granted. Mm-hmm. That we could, we could send clothes and we could, during, during hurricanes or floods and, and we would send stuff down. It, priceless to them. Priceless. Helping them where they are. And I think that's 
to me, that's what we, you know, that's what, uh, what was the program that Kennedy started? Um, oh, the Peace Corps? Peace Corps. Yeah. That's exactly. That right. concept is, 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 is well thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and going where they are. And because we are not, you know, it's, you know, I tell people, I said, you know, if someone came to my home and said, Mr. Rand, we have this child and he has no home, could you provide him a, a place to stay for a time being? Yes. Come on in. Two weeks later, they come back and say, hey, we got three more kids. Could you take care of them too? Deep breath. Say, okay. Come back four weeks later and say, I got seven more. No. Right. Americans are the most compassionate people I know of on the face of the earth. But there is a limit to our compassion. You know, I had a bunch of people coming down and I was showing them all the things that I showed you all yesterday uh, and carrying guns. And one of, the, one of these people says, well, you don't sound very compassionate to me, Mr. Brand. I says, are you even a Christian? I said, yes, I'm a Christian. I said, but I want to tell you something. I said, Americans and Christians are the most compassionate people I know. But I want to tell you something else. My, I have a responsibility to these employees. I have a responsibility to the city of McAllen and to the water district. And that is to protect the facility and protect my men. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, there is no compassion in doing that. Right. You get me past the safety, I'll, see, I'll show you much more compassion. Right. But when you threaten, you threaten what, what I am and what we're doing, I have no compassion. Yeah. And I'll tell you what else isn't compassion. It's not compassion for a government to send the signal to the rest of the world that you can make a you know thousand mile journey that might take you four, five, six months to make through some of the most dangerous territory, young kids, women, there's no compassion at all in that. And that's, I mean, they are coming because our government is sending that signal. And putting them in danger. And putting them in danger. More danger than where they are. Yes. Especially when you have the cartel is the, is yeah. the guy that opens the door for them. Right. Yeah, right. The doorman. There is, no, there is no getting into this country unless you go through the cartel. Mm-hmm. They, they lock it up all the way across the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. If you want in, you're going to pay. And oh, by the way, if they like your daughter, maybe that there's something they might do there. Or if they like if they like all the money you're carrying, well, there might be something they take that. I mean, right. you're really putting yourself at a much more risk, in my opinion, than what some of the risk may be from you're claiming to be trying to run away from. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times they get up here and they find out it's no better because they're illegals and they get put in some of the worst situations that you and I could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah. How about the aspect? These many of these folks are fleeing socialism. They're fleeing bad governments, right? They're fleeing. Well, don't don't come know, here. We we're just like the rest of the world. Now. Well, I know, I know. But isn't that part of it? Like we should be extolling the virtues of capitalism, extolling the virtues of you know private property and and the ownership, the private ownership of property, things like that. And it seems that that is also driving this there you know if we were exporting capitalism right and we were extolling that and trying to help other countries well, become we, that we did that under right. reagan reagan was was real big on that right because when communism was a threat in central america and mexico right uh he put in what's called the cbi program caribbean basin initiative yes and that's been several years ago in fact my knowledge is still in effect mm-hmm. um but he did. He says, we need, we need to take capitalism to those countries and help develop an industry and create jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a freeze here in, gosh, I think it was 1987. And we had, excuse me, we had like 5,000 acres of citrus here and wiped it all out. 
My father called us all together and says, you know what, guys? We're done in the valley. We're going somewhere where it don't freeze. And we picked Honduras to go to, mm-hmm. to beat the weather. And uh, it was amazing what the federal government would do. He says, look, if you'll, we have, we have arrangements for those countries. Um, you'll pay no, you know, in order to incentivize us to go. They said, there's no duties coming in or going out of the country, either country, Honduras or the United States, either one. No taxes for the first 10 years. Um, that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. So we went down to Honduras and we planted five, we cleared jungle and we planted 5,000 acres of, of citrus. Hmm. And I will tell you that the people there where there were no jobs and we created jobs for hundreds of people. It was amazing. I tell people, I says, you know, I love my home because people love me here. They do. I got, you know, I, it's, well, I'm still here. You can tell that. Yeah. But I want to tell you, those people down there, they loved us too. They loved us just for what we did for them in their sure. lives. Capitalism. Now, did they, did they give us, uh, did they render a service to us? Absolutely. But we created a job that didn't exist there at right. all. You improved their lives. Absolutely. And we took the risk to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, think. Ask Dole or Chiquita about what, going out and developing in other parts of the world and what happens when they go in and confiscate the whole thing or take it over or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's always risk in those that develop, that want to develop. Yeah. And especially when it's from, from the free enterprise section, sector. Yeah. Right. So uh, these people come up here looking for that. And I know that. I know that. And they say, well, we've got a lot of jobs that nobody wants. Well, that's true. No one's teaching anyone to be a tractor driver. They don't teach that in school. Sure. No one's teaching anybody to work in a processing plant. There's no educational system or institution teaching people to work in a packing shed or to work as a farm worker. There's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a certain amount of, of need for that. It's not, it's not at 2,000 a day. It's not at over a million and a half people a right. year. No. Right. No, it's not. How, how has, I mean, you've been here a long time. How have the policies that different administrations have, how has that affected the flow? I mean, obviously you probably see this as new administrations and new policies come in, the flow of uh, illegals will be higher or lower. Oh, it dropped when, when uh, you know, it really got rolling with Obama. It, uh, it, it came to a, a, a trickle when Trump was in office. But the minute Trump was gone and Biden was in, boom, it just ramped right yeah. back up. And it's gone. It's been crazy ever since. Because, it, because again, they're sending the signal, just come. And Let me tell you, you, you yeah. will not, you know, and I tell people all the time, you can put all the resources you want to control it. You'll never control it when people in the rest of the world understand you do not have the will to control it. Mm-hmm. You have a government who doesn't want to control right. it. Right. So I don't care how many helicopters, how many boats, how many, how many miles of wall you put up. All those tools are worthless until the rest of the world understands we have a border and we have a will to protect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is not, it's not that we don't have the resources to do it. The world knows we don't have the will. We right. don't have the desire. From the administration, not from Americans. Yeah. The majority of Americans, especially down here. Right. Border Patrol yesterday said they need infrastructure uh personnel and technology to the, those are kind of the three pillars and i got i thought and they can't say this i understand but 
the will, the political will. You got to have that too. You right? don't have that. You, I don't care what your resources. Yeah, are. right. You know, right. I, I mean, I, I will tell you, this is an interesting drawer. We had one group come down. They want to go on a boat tour. Well, I found a group of uh, some people that were willing to take them out on a boat on the river, which, which was not safe. Sure. And told them, he says, guys, now you go. You're going at your own risk. I said, that's fine. Well, they ran into a group of 200 people crossing in multiple rafts. There was just lines of people on both sides. Mm -hmm. And why they were on the boat observing it, of course, the people saw them and said, hey, pick us up, pick us up. No, 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 no. A boat pulled up. It was cartel. Five men on a, on a boat pulled right up beside the boat that, that we had lined up and said, hey, we know you have a number for Border Patrol. Call them and tell them these people are very tired. They don't want to have to go up to the levee to get on the bus to bring the buses down here. Wow. And drove off. It's amazing. They're, they're playing us. They're, uh, the they're cartels un, are playing. They're unimpeded. Yeah. Yeah. And they know the, that we won't do anything. Right. Now, we will when it comes to drugs, but we can't do anything when, you're, when this sector, 75% of the people in this sector are taking care of humanitarian help and not enforcing or mm -hmm. protecting the border. Right. Right. You got, you got all sorts of holes in the wall. It's like Swiss cheese. Well, and you, you talked about this yesterday, but it seems like the cartels really are manipulating, uh, you know, our policies. They know us. They're, they're playing the game better than we are because the Border Patrol's hands are tied by policies and there are no rules in the cartel. They just do what they want, right? right. Eth no ethics, no moral. No, there's nothing that tells them you have to do it this way. You know way. what their will is? What's that? Money. Yeah. And their will for money is much greater than ours right. to protect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. One other quick thing I wanted to talk to you about. You said yesterday you talked about the influx in the last year or so of Chinese uh, nationals coming across. Your went, thoughts on that? Went to, went to um, the detention center probably four or five weeks ago. And one of the things that was brought up that, and we saw it because we, we were in the detention center where they bring all the illegals that are processed in this sector, or for most of the sector. 70% of them were Chinese. Now, what was interesting about it is they weren't, it wasn't like all the other groups that come. All the other groups that come, they come uh, single men, single women, uh, mothers with children, fam mother and father with family and children. All the Chinese, the interesting observation was they were all single men and single women. No kids, no married couples. And all of them, I would say, in a range of late 20s to mid 30s. Mm -hmm. Now, if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. Right. Does it, does it, does it uh, cause the imagination to flow? Absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. Where does it go? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. This, but it, it, it's, it's, it, is, it is an observation that ought, ought to be well taken. Well, and you would hope that a government whose main charge of the federal government is to defend the nation no. would look at that and say. No, we, we know that's not so. Yeah. They're, not, they're not out to defend us. We know that. Yeah. People in the valley know it. We yeah. see it every day. And I, I, I love groups that come down because, and particularly from other different states that they came from, these were all, what, mid, Midwestern, North, Northwestern states. Yeah. And they, they don't have that impact. I says, but you ought to got to understand that this continues. It will come to you. Right. It will come to you. Right. And anyone says there's not more crime where there's illegals, don't ever believe that. That's like them telling us the border's safe. Right. Yeah. Absolutely not a word of truth to that. Yeah. When people come across and they have no job, 
what do they do? Well, um, they either find friends or family, legal or illegal, to go stay with, or uh, they do that, and then on top of that, they'll go and, and of course, now I understand we have some federal programs for them, but they used to just be get on them fraudulently, you know, uh, and that's one option. Well, the third, uh, and the third one is crime. I don't care what kind it is. But you, they've got to generate something if they can't work. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I understand they're, they're changing that as well to allow them to work. Uh, well, that's the point. I, 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 I find that real amazing. But, uh, and, I, and we have people working in the Valley that have been waiting for years to legally enter the United States, and they're still waiting. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and these, those are the people we want, the people that respect the system enough to say, I, I can't go because I don't have a permission slip yet to right. go. Right. They're not the lawbreakers. Well, and I, I'll tell you, in, in tongue-in-cheek, tongue a lot of us have said, well, what you need to do is swim across the river, swim back, and go get in a Border Patrol pickup, and you'll be legal <laughs> in 72 hours. Right. That's a broken system. That, that is a very broken system. Yeah, yeah. Very broken system. Last, last point, um, how, how does this impact the, the local governments here, right? I mean, they're, they're having to provide a lot of services that you wouldn't have if you didn't have this surge that's going on. Well, they're looking at the federal government. I mean, the, I know our city has they stepped up as much as anybody in the Valley and done a lot of things. But then they turned right around, went to the government, says, look, this is your problem, and we're, we're handling it. Mm-hmm. You need to help us. Yeah. And they have. Yeah. They have. They've come through and helped the city several times. Uh, and Catholic Charities is now being helped, in mm-hmm. case you're not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, 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 they've got federal funding now as well. Um, Which probably isn't good. It's well, not the way that it was intended. No. Right. No. no. Like I say, you know, from a, uh, <laughs> you took it tri- strictly from a businessman's perspective, you need to be working on the other side of the river. Yeah. And have a bigger impact in their lives than you're going to have here. Yeah. Because they're going to struggle here. You know, in the Valley, uh, last U.S. Census said 80% of the people in the homes in the Valley speak Spanish. Primary language. Hmm. Well, we know, and federal, federal, federal uh, studies have said that anyone that comes to the United States, if you don't learn English, you'll be on the lo- lower socioeconomic level of this country as long as, you do, as long as you don't speak English. Right. And that impedes these people immensely. Yeah. Uh, now, in South Texas, it doesn't because we speak Spanish everywhere. Right. Anywhere else in the rest of the country, it's going to be a challenge. And it's not fair. It's not right. It's not fair to these people. Right. Well, Othel, thanks for, I mean, thanks for all you do. Uh, thanks for opening your facility. I think it's really neat that you, you do that. It, it lets people see what you're experiencing. And it's, it's really kind of a window. I wish every American could, could see what I saw. And hopefully we put through this a podcast and through some of the other media coverage that we had, people will see that and see and tell your story because it's really a, it's a tragic one. Um, you know, from a property rights standpoint, I mean, there's so many tragedies here. And again, all created by bad government policy. That's all. Yeah. We inflicted on ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for all that you do. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Appreciate you doing it. This was a, uh, this has been an amazing trip and and it was great to have like over 60 
people come down on this trip and view this. If you ever get the chance, please do uh, as well. Please come down and and see this for yourself. Uh, it's amazing, and it's a, it's a real tragedy because government is uh, is the real root of the problem here. Bad government policies. So, thanks for joining us on American Potential. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com. 